Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did, which is why we're talking about the ice storm today. And to join me to do so is my little old buddy, <laughs> my little dude, <laughs> Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how are you? Casey. You look fresh. You look svelte. You look like you are just on top of things. Wow. You look good. Wow. Thank you. So do you. We bo- You know what's fun? We both have huge I- life events to talk about. Huge changes in both of our lives. Uh, I do. Well, <laughs> yeah. What's new oh. that happened in your life? Oh, yeah. I guess <laughs> that's pretty large. <laughs> pretty loom and large. Yes, lots going on. Well, why don't you start, Patrick, with your life update? Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, yours is yours is bigger than mine, so I think it's better if yours goes second. Uh, I, okay. I finally got a job in Texas. Mine's more succinct, though, I yeah. would say. Mine's yours is more, more like succinct. Tighter. Yes. Sorry. I interrupted. That's okay. Go. Uh, got a job in Texas um, Woo! at UT Yeehaw. Austin. Uh, my first day was, I don't, I don't know when people will listen to this, but my first day was recently. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm pleased to be in a position where it's easier to be more permanent and a little bit more yeah. tethered. Um, yeah. But I will be having to go into the office like three to five times a week. So that's not... But you like Great. chopping it up. No, no. You like smoozing. No. I, you like the small n- talk. No, these are all things that I disdain, and it has been driven home. Really? Yeah. You, I feel you like, like you, you don't would like, like the chit-chat. I like it when I know there's an, like, I actually, I don't think, why do you think I like the chit-chat? You've said this multiple times know. over the years. I just feel like you you are chatting it up with strangers all the time when we go out. Yeah, do you think that's true? Yeah, but usually I'm inebriated when I'm having those conversations. Hmm. That's a and separate and I know that I'm not gonna see them again, so the stakes are low. That's true. Do you have? And yeah, I'm not trapped hard. with them. That we both have outs. Yes. this is it's a it's a trapped situation, and now I have the in, commute, and it's just. But I'm yeah. happy. I'm, I'm happy overall. In an office situation, you know, do you watch what we do in the shadows, the TV show? No, but I have had that question asked of me multiple times, Lily. I need to watch it, I guess. P- people love well, it. Well, oh, it's very funny. But there's a there's a different type of vampire on that show. Is it the energy, energy vampire? vampire? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've heard of this. And that really is an issue at the offices where, like, people, like, do not get the hint that they're overstaying their welcome at your desk and they suck the energy out of you. Don't you feel and like that... you can pick up on those cues? Oh, I'm picking them up like a game of uh, what pick, is it? Jack sticks or pick up sticks. <laughs> I'm picking them up. All... I'm a pro. I can pick up. I am very in tune. I'm like George Costanza. I can tell when everyone's uncomfortable in a room. Doesn't he say something like that? Yeah. He's, Jerry's like, you sensing anything right now? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like that. I feel like I can pick that stuff up. And Me I too. think you can too. I can. Very. Do you think other people can pick it up and ignore it or do you think they're like are they impervious or they oblivious oblivious Mm. and impervious (laughs) and perverted uh i think they're oblivious i don't think they feel the cues i'm an empath i can feel everything (laughs) so chatty people are not empathetic people they're they're sociopaths there's something deeply incorrect about them uh 
But, um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I can't remember. But yes, The Office, it can, uh, it has its own struggles, but doesn't it feel, it feels good to go home at the end of the day. That's like a a feeling I miss about The Office. I suppose it's nice to have like your, um, like to have demarcation to kind of have like a very, to to have like very defined, uh, a very defined line between work mm-hmm. and play and rest and um, pleasure and pleasure <laughs> and pleasure. Um, we don't want the pleasure crossing the line no, into work. No. And the lines have been blurred. The, you know, I've been uh, working from home essentially for over two and a half years now at this point. Yeah. Um, and so the commute's been rough. To, it's only, it's been two days and the commute uh. is already like, Beating me to a pulp. I'm just getting. How long is the commute? The mornings, it's like 30 minutes, and the evenings, it's like 50. That's tough. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's a bummer. I might try Uh, flexing my hours a little bit to see if it changes anything, but it's it's hard for me to get up early. It's really hard. I go in at 8:30, and that's about as early as I can go in. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, You know, speaking of going into the office. I haven't been in the office for two and a half years. I got sick for the first time in two and a half years. Both Trisha and I got the flu. Yeah, how you feeling, buddy? I feel better, but not 100%. Really? And it wasn't COVID. We took COVID tests. It was not COVID. But we were we were laid out. And I feel like we're still recovering. Were your timelines, was it simultaneous or were you off by like no, a day or two? No, it was kind of, it was uh, staggered. Mm-hmm. Were you able to, uh, to wait on one another and play nursemaid? Yes, that actually worked out pretty well. I waited on Trisha, weak and feeble, as she was. <laughs> and then I was weak and feeble, and she needed to wait What's the me. the nurse? Is it is it Florence? Wait, who's Florence Nightingale? Florence Nightingale? Yeah, she's a nurse, right? Yes, and she falls in love with her patient. Oh, so you guys kind of did a Florence Nightingale situation. Yeah, it's exactly what we did. I don't really know what that's in reference to. I think it's from a movie, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know what movie it's from. I think but... it might be a novel. Oh, but I think it's a movie, too. Let's see. Florence Nightingale. Not going to look it up. Yeah. I can tell you that much. Well, Patrick, it's very exciting that you got a new job and you're a Texan now. Oh, wait. Have you changed your license plates or anything? Have you done any of that stuff yet? Florence Nightingale was an English social reformer, a statistician, and the founder of modern nursing. So I don't know why, why oh, she got... she's real. I don't know why she got wrapped up in with the romance... Did she doink a bunch of patients? <laughs> I don't know. Let me do let me do command F doink in her Wikipedia. Doinkage <laughs> in the Wikipedia, the little subheader doink, uh, doinking history. But anyways, um, we can move on from Florence Nightingale. That's like one of those that's like one of those sayings you learn from your parents, but you have no idea what it's from. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you remember any of those be- sayings from your parents? Uh, not off the top of my head. If one comes to me. There's two that I uh, remember, but actually not from my parents, but I remember Caddy Corner. I didn't know what that meant for a long time. We say Kitty Corner in the Midwest. Oh, you do? You say Kitty Corner? Yeah. Oh, he- this this is a perfect segue into what I was going to say. Have you heard of a horse apiece? No. Oh, I thought that was a Midwestern thing, but I guess it's like six on one, half dozen of the other. I haven't heard of that. Oh, Sean this says is what that. I was going to say. Okay, go ahead. This is what I was going to say about um, people not picking up on cues when to leave. Yes, yes. In the Midwest, you have a little phrase that signifies i want you to go away <laughs> have you ever heard this i don't you go think so well and that's kind of a signal we're done here 
I've used whelp before. Is that a Midwest thing? I think it's it's a... it's attributed to the Midwest. Oh, it is. You okay. go whelp, and then you kind of hit your hands on your knees. <laughs> to me, it's like second nature. It's intuitive, but maybe I've maybe I've observed you, and I feel like I've definitely seen Kevin do that. Yeah, <laughs> he wants to get out. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin, my father, he I'm I'm transitioning here. Yeah, Patrick, this is great I to my it. news. He is now a grandfather because my brother Brady and his wife Jade had a baby. <gasps> and the baby's name is Morgan. And you have a relative named Morgan. I do. Boy or girl? I will girl? not be calling this boy. Boy. I will not be calling this Morgan Tron, which is what we call your <laughs> Morgan. But Morgan is great. He's super cute. He's a little wiggly guy. I can't wait to meet him in real life. Uh... I get pictures every day from Jade, and it's the highlight of my day. And uh, yeah, very exciting. I'm Do a, you I'm a feel the love yet, or is it abstract still? Can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> I feel the love. You he do. looks. The reason I bring up my dad, I think he looks exactly like my dad. <laughs> really? He looks like a little Kevin O'Brien. Oh yeah. yeah. Let me... <laughs> That's really funny. I might be friends with your mom on Facebook, so I might be able to get I believe some... my mom has shared. I can show you a photo from my phone right now, which I will not be sharing on socials, but uh, it can be for our own. He just looks like a little old man in the cutest way <laughs> A lot way of babies possible. do. Here he is. Do you see this photo? I My background. I'm, look, I'm looking really... on your mom's Facebook. <laughs> it kind of looks like Kevin. He definitely looks like an old man. That's for sure. He looks like a cute little old man. I'm going to, I want to show you this one specific photo. Can you see this one? He's got the little part and he just looks Yeah, and like, I'm now looking at that? a photo of your dad. Yeah, side there's a resemblance. Side. Yeah. I love Definitely that I have all this data resemblance. on your parents I can just pull up for. <laughs> it's kind of disturbing. For research purposes. <laughs> the world is a scary place uh but yeah very exciting we're just i'm excited to go back for christmas to meet the little guy yeah so wait you didn't answer the love question is it abstract oh or? i love him very much i feel like it was pretty immediate really i just want to squeeze him did yeah. you feel a, a change you know because i am about to be an uncle in a few months so did you notice yes. right now it's very abstract to me it's it's like i don't yeah, think about I, it before the little sucker popped out i felt nothing Gotcha. And now I feel everything. Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and I know it's funny, you had... I asked my parents before they the baby was born, and I was like, "Are you excited to be grandparents?" <laughs> my dad goes, "I'll be more excited when the baby's here." <laughs> I thought that was kind of a funny answer, but I kind of understand what he means. It makes sense. Yeah, so, it's not. Yeah, it's not real until it's real. Yeah, you know. Uh, Anyways, congratulations, that, Casey. Congratulations to the O'Briens, to Jade and Brady. What's Morgan's middle name? Ellis. And what's, is that a family name or is that a, no. just a fun name? Morgan is the street we grew up on. I'm not entirely sure if that's the connection there, but that's pretty cool, mm. I think. Yeah, you told me that. I love that. Mine would have to be oh, Tarantella. Patrick. <laughs> or Prego. Patrick, Patrick. <laughs> what, what's yours, sorry? Tarantella or Prego were the two streets. that. <laughs> Prego. <laughs> oh, speaking of Patrick. which, Mitch and Miriam had their baby. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Congrats to Mitch and Miriam. Little Luca. So a lot of babies. Luca. That's that time of the season, I guess. Yes. I know another person who had a baby named Luca. Hmm. Popular name. Yep. It's a cute name. I like it. Great name. Uh, Patrick. Yeah. Any other life updates? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Uh, now, 
we hate Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're in the minority. <laughs> we do. And I actually, <laughs> I'm trying to thread the needle here. Uh, it was fine. Um, it could have been better. It's kind of a long story. Um, mm. Went to Boston with Leah's family. Um, yes. And unfortunately, so her mom, but everyone is like triple, quadruple, quintuple vaccinated. Yeah. And, but her parents tested right before they went. And then her mom got tested when she got there and she had COVID. Fuck. And then. What a nightmare. Yeah. That must have been the worst. So feeling. then they checked with Leah's extended family and they're like, eh, it's okay. Everyone should still come. So then we all still come to Boston. And then. Uh, Leah's mom stops testing positive. She's feeling better and she's n- negative. And then Leah's dad tests positive. And then so uh, people were underst- understandably a little apprehensive about it. So we ended up like still doing Thanksgiving at our extended family's house, but we were <laughs> outside. Condemned? Yeah, in Boston in late November. Fuck. So God, we were there for like five hours, and it was really yeah, cool. See, Thanksgiving stuff. <laughs> we, we were outside the whole time, but it was it was lovely to to kind of meet, meet and and, and mingle <laughs> from outside. Wow. It, it was like that episode of I think it's Parks and Rec, where someone has a, or it's either Parks and Rec or The Office, where someone has a party and. People specifically aren't invited to it, and they're all like watching from the outside, looking in, <laughs> and it's I, all like that, warm think, and. Yeah, it's Jerry's party. I think it's Jerry yeah. the Gurgich's. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember that one, but that seems right. <laughs> and Tom Haverford was trying to like not have to go, and then he realized it was actually like a great party. It was That's like really funny. we were all outside looking at all the the babies and the pups and, and the, the warmth. warmth and the food was very very good. Everyone is was super sweet and nice and and it was a fine overall but it was um my least favorite holiday in general was then kind of made even I just less feel like favorite. there's a lot of there's a lot of politics with Thanksgiving like in terms of like bringing food and like the food being bad or like mm-hmm. going to someone's house yes. and like there's so much I'm going to not name this person but they told me they went to a friendsgiving and they the person did not give any leftovers away as they were leaving and they were pissed because they like had brought over like a hundred dollars worth of pies and stuff to this <laughs> friendsgiving and weren't really there was no opportunity to bring any food from the thanksgiving home so you bring you know? up an interesting point though so how would you like were they specifically like did they put it all away it seems like they put it all okay, away okay that's and weird. then it was like because okay. i would I don't know if I would specifically, this is me. Well, no, I would probably encourage people to take leftovers. Yeah, that's pretty weird, I, if, actually. <laughs> if there's a ton of food, I just think that's shitty. Yeah. Did and you, uh, I hate it. Did you see the New York Times uh, got dunked on for this hilarious, they had these three suggestions for what you could bring instead of a dish or instead of a bottle of wine. No, I didn't And it was this. like trying, It's and it was the most unhinged New York Times <laughs> brain that you could ever they're so disconnected from reality oh my god this was so instead of wine they suggested you could bring a stain remover uh i would call the police if you brought a stain (laughs) i would be like patrick is unwell you could bring so these are the three things they suggest a stain remover pen your own apron pen 
Oh, what was the second one? Your own apron. And the third one was Tupperware for left. <laughs> That's insane. That's unhinged. They've never been to a real thing. Can you imagine I like a guest showing up to Thanksgiving and someone is just there with a stain remover? <laughs> That's so upsetting. <laughs> Patrick, we're going to get more into our hatred for Thanksgiving as this episode rolls on. Oh, yeah. But we, we chose a very apropos movie for that very yes, reason. But I want to hear about your letterbox. Oh, yes. What's yes, yes, going yes. on with you? I'll Should I go first? I have mine all set up. Yeah, you go first and I'll pull mine up while while you're setting up. I'm just going to run through if any, you know, tick you a little bit. Just say, oh, well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, Let I like that. I like that. Okay. Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Never seen it. Is it good? Phenomenal film. Excellent. Arnold at his most Arnold. Uh, Desert Blue, which is this indie movie from the 90s I'd never heard of, and it has Kate Hudson and Casey Affleck and Christina Ricci, and it's great. It takes place in the desert. It's kind of a slacker comedy. I really liked it. Cool. Check it out. Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, I had a good time. You had a good time? I had fun. It's very silly and stupid. I need to watch that. I need to watch that. It's very silly and stupid. Then we watched American Wedding, also very silly and stupid. Trisha really has been on an American Pie movie. American, like from the American Pie franchise? These movies have not aged well. (laughs) Then I watched Triangle of Sadness, which I have to say I was a little disappointed by. I thought it was just fine. I really, really liked it. I think it was over long. It was way too long. Way too long. Manuel. It was like did not two like movies. It. I saw it with Manuel. Yeah. And oh, I'll I'll give you a Manuel quote. Yeah, give me the, from the presses. What what was? We're walking out of the theater, and Trisha goes, "Manuel, did you like that movie?" And he goes, "Well, I can't see myself recommending that film to anyone," <laughs> or something like that. He said, he said that. So that was his. Uh, his thought on it. I thought it was fine. It's like one of those movies where you know what the point of the movie is. It's like it beats you over the head with it, and that's the point. But I don't know. It was it was funny. I was really laughing at some Yeah, points, but I was, was just, really, really was laughing. Too long. The more I've thought about it, it's, it's dropped slightly in my estimation. But I still really, really like it. And I thought it was so, so funny up until like, you know, two-thirds, three-quarters of the way. I was like, okay, this, this needs yeah, to be. Yeah, two-thirds of the movie, you're like, oh, are we starting a new movie? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I was kind of here for two hours already. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, then I watched A Fish Called Wanda. Again, I was a little disappointed. People really? like love that fucking movie yeah, so I've, much. I've embarrassingly never seen it. Then we watched A Bad Mom's Christmas. I had a fun time. What's A Bad it. Mom's Christmas? You never heard of Bad Moms with Katherine Hahn? Oh, yes, and, yes. Uh, there's a Bad yeah, Mom's this is a bad, Christmas? Yes, there's a Bad Mom's Christmas. <laughs> they have bad Christmases, too. Then we watched... A movie called Better Off Dead with John Cusack. Yes. Now, this this is not a good film, I've, but it makes interesting choices, and I kind of had a good time. I have never seen the movie, but it's one of those movies, you know, that you'd see at the video store when you were a yes. kid. I'd always seen oh, yes. that, that Better Off Dead cover. It's not that good? It's absolutely. It's very silly. I think you would hate it, to be honest. Well, um, I like High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank. Those are not the... the then this is not the movie for oh, you. Oh, really? <laughs> it's... It's kind of like, it has kind of a Revenge of the Nerds feel to it. Mm. It's like so off the wall. Um, then I watched Falling for Christmas, the new Lindsay Lohan Christmas <gasps> movie. How is it? I had a fun time. Yeah? Come on. It's so, it's it's like Overboard. I'll re- like It's like Overboard. Have you seen Overboard from the 80s? Uh, no, I never With have. With Goldie Hawn? No. So basically, Kurt Ru- she gets amnesia and she owes Kurt Russell money. And so he pretends... 
he like kidnaps her but pretends that she's his wife because she has amnesia and she's like i kind of remember this and he basically enslaves her to pay him back and but it's funny and they fall in love it's a problematic film but in this movie Lindsay lohan gets amnesia and this family takes her in and but for no reason like they also enslave her and make her do work but she hasn't wronged them so it's a little less. Wait, is it more of like she's a part of the family or is she doing an inordinate amount of the work? It feels like she's doing an inordinate amount of housework at this the like, rundown hotel. And it's like, why are they doing this to this poor woman? She's done nothing wrong. Uh, then I watched Polly Shore's Son-in-Law, which can I say I love. Is that one the, the one where things- it's like the uh, American Gothic kind yes. of cover? I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. So... Remind me, how are you choosing these movies? Like, we famously know Kate Doyle's method, which we're huge We fans don't of. have a system. <laughs> Basically, Trisha and I have traded off. We've been better about, like, picking, trading off, like, the per... Because usually, like, it'll be like, oh, Casey, it's your turn. And, like, oh, I want to watch this. What do you think? And Trisha will be like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for that. Mm. But lately, we've been like, you just pick. You don't even, like, consult the other person. Interesting. So, Interesting. Is it hard for you guys to pick? Do you have trouble deciding or no? No, not really. But what becomes hard is when the other person's like, I'm not really feeling that way. So we've been better about going, just going for it. Cool, cool. Uh, So it's, uh, Trisha picked Son-in-Law. Then I picked RRR. (gasps) Have you seen that movie? No, not yet. I need to. Now, there's a bit of an issue, which I think would bother you. On Netflix, they don't have the original language. Oh, it's dubbed? For any cuts. They're all dubbed. Oh. There's no... So we did the Hindi dub because I think that one's the closest or something. But they don't have the original language one. So that's kind of a bother. But five star is excellent. It's as entertaining as people say. It's so fun. And it's over three hours and I'm always like... That's what's kind of scared me off a little bit. Like it doesn't really bother me that much, but I want to like watch it and have a good time. But it's just a big commitment. Yeah. Schedule yeah, wise. But it's fun. Okay. So I picked that one. Then Trisha picked. Ooh, actually, it looks like Trisha might have picked two in a row here. <laughs> mm, I have to punish her for that. Uh, then we watched Bordello of Blood, which just for fun. Great title. I don't I don't know what that is, but great title. It's with Dennis Miller. It's a Tales from the Crypt movie. Wait, it was Dennis Miller, the, the, the quote unquote comedian? Hey, babe. The right wing comedian who's always on Fox making. Hey, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Then we watched The Big Chill, which I kind of liked. I'd never seen it before. I had never seen that either. I was going to watch it on the plane on the way back from Boston. But it's mo- it's less emotional than I thought. I thought it was going to be more schmaltzy and emotional, but it's actually like, it's a big chill. It is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that is more enticing, actually. Then, so have you? I'm going to ask you something. Okay. Have you ever heard of this director, Albert Pyun? It sounds vaguely... Fr- oh, wait, why do I know... Be- he just died, and people were posting about it on Twitter. Continue. I'm. I'm... He's like a B movie director. I think his most famous one is Cyborg with John Claude Van Damme. Anyways, people had been talking about the, people had been posting clips of this movie Nemesis from 1992, the day he died, and I was like, this movie looks in fucking sane. <laughs> we watched it. A delight. Really? I mean, the acting is some of the worst I have ever seen in my entire life. But it's so visually crazy, and the like gun scenes are so insane. I think you'd like it, Patrick. The sounds Nemesis. great. How did he die? I think he was old. Is he sixty nine? 
Yeah. It comes for all of us, dude. Uh, and then we uh, watched multiple American and Reunion. Dementia. There's an American Reunion? To round it up, yeah, the last of the American Pie films. So. <laughs> okay. That I didn't mean to go through every movie wow. I watched, but that was all of them. Uh, I won't go through everything since our last time, because I have a lot since our last time. That's great. Was that everything since our last recording or just November? Yeah, that was everything since the last recording. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, I'm... Nah. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go th- highlights. All right, I'm going to go through it real quick. Uh, watch Tar, which people... Did you see this on the Discord? Oh, Discord People really want us to do a Tar episode. Um, tar. Ooh, watch Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time. I've never seen that all the way through. Yeah, I've watched I, it on VH1. I actually loved it. I was, I would, I think I was so put off by the shadow casting nerds. No, I mean the shadow casting is fine. I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen and love what? doing the shadow casting. But what's shadow cast? It's like the people at the New Art Theater in LA that go up and perform at the front of the theater while they show the oh, movie. Yeah. Um, so you weren't doing the time warp again? No, okay. I was not. Uh, it was better than I thought. Uh, I watched uh, Exorcist three, uh, nice. rewatched Collateral. Leah had never seen it. Never seen it either. Um, I rewatched um, Ooh Park Chan Wook's new movie, Decision to Leave. Ah uh, yes, uh, devastating. Uh, you know I liked it, but I have to say I was slightly underwhelmed. Ever wow. so slightly underwhelmed. Tar mm. lived up to the hype, in my opinion. Decision to leave, slightly That's underwhelming. Much. Uh, I watched the Paul Schrader movie Affliction with Nick Nolte, Willem Dafoe, uh, from the late 90s. Okay. Um, I watched uh, the Woodstock 99 documentary on HBO, which was pretty stupid. Oh, it was bad? I heard it was bad, but there's a good like mic drop with Litz, My Own Worst Enemy. Here's my little review. Here's what like irritated me about it. I was like... I said, some of the most incoherent talking heads I've ever seen in a documentary. Shocking levels of cognitive dissonance and flat-out contradiction. Like, it just, like, the people talking about it, like, were trying to conflate Woodstock 99. They were trying to make Woodstock 99 seem like this culmination of everything that was wrong in the country at Mm -hmm. the time. And it all just came to a head at Woodstock 99. I think that's just giving it way too much credit. It was just a poorly run festival. That's all it was. It was a poorly run festival with some shitty acts, and that's about it. And you know who that that was produced by Bill Simmons, your I know. best friend. Oh, fuck him. Oh, you hate. And then by the end, they they're they're like talking about how great Coachella is, and it feels like this weird Spawn Con, and like mm. it's just, I don't know, it's just strange. Every festival has its like awful things happen at it. Like I don't. Yeah, I think Woodstock '99 is kind of a beginning of the end because like Coachella now is so commercial, and like Woodstock '99 is like the most commercial MTV-run festival. Yeah, that was run badly, but it's like very commercial, you know. Yeah, like, it was like all the TRL acts. Oh yeah, and they talk about like MTV talking heads are in it. They're talking about like they were like the last choppers out of Nam, like like they were trying to get out of there before you know the, the place really went belly up and people really yeah. started rioting it was i don't know it was just kind of stupid um uh mm. the banshees of Sharon. it was good loved the banshees of Sharon. uh i like martin mcdonough i don't love i liked in bruges but i'm like oh they sure think he sure thinks he's i funny. think this is his I best just- movie 
Okay. Yeah. That's I've seen seven psychopaths in Bruges, three billboards, and this. And I think this is his best. Okay. Good to uh, know. Paul Schrader's American Gigolo with Richard Gere. You really had a Paul Schrader kick. Yeah. Because he was on, um, he had a bunch of movies on um, Criterion Channel. So I watched some other ones that weren't on there. Uh, finally, you, are you follow him in his Facebook account? He's got a crazy Facebook I fo- account. I follow his Twitter that posts his. That's probably better. <laughs> There's a little bit of filtration there. Uh, I watched Ambulance. Um, Ooh, you hated it. I can just tell by your I tone. Did, I didn't your hate face. it, but it's just like you got to see it in IMAX, I know. dude. That's the only way to appreciate the bay. I think I for sure would have enjoyed it more in the theater. Um, it's just so long. It's so long. It's like two hours and fifteen mm. minutes. Was it? Did it bother you that like Leah was so turned on by Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I can't blame anyone for being turned on by Jake Gyllenhaal. Didn't you think he was kind of funny in it though? Yes, I thought, I thought he, he was, was like, great in it. Like I thought he was. I thought they did a good job of like introducing characters quickly with like little like there's like the guy who's like why are you wearing Birkenstocks like (laughs) there's like a bank like I I actually think that is one of Michael Bay's strengths like introducing a character incredibly quickly with like a quirk yes he is actually and you know for we debated the merits of Armageddon at great length when we did it for a recalibration episode but for all of Armageddon's faults he does do a good job of establishing memorable characters that kind of and a lot of that is the actors themselves but yeah then again we have the benefit of hindsight who knows how famous i mean there are a lot of famous people in armageddon but we know those actors much better now yeah um so i mean it's just just over i just thought it was too long and the propaganda gets to me a little bit and i I guess that's true there is some propaganda in there um isn't there Mm-hmm. Then watched Emily the Criminal with Aubrey Plaza. That was pretty good. Ah, uh, yes. Very good. Uh, I watched Devotion, uh, which was about this uh, the first African-American naval aviator uh, in the Korean okay. War. Nice. Um, then watched Cha-Cha Real Smooth. How was that? I'm interested. Um, it almost won me over. Like, I liked the first, like, 30 or 40 minutes, and then Cooper Rafe just got increasingly irritating i'm worried i'm going to be too jealous of him as a filmmaker too i've i know what you mean like i kind of like he he has some talent like i i can't deny that he like has some like ear for dialogue and for creating characters and he made an engaging movie like i was never bored with it but i also i i couldn't help but like hate him he has a very punchable face Yeah, yeah. He's got big eyebrows. Yeah. His whole, like, I called him, like, a demented Adam Scott. He just, like... Mm. That's good, that's good. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the last two, I watched uh, I watched on the plane Heaven Knows What, the Safdie Brothers movie before Good Time. Never seen it. Um, it was good. It was... Um, I thought it was going to be a little bit more, like, Good Time. But it was yeah. more... Um, not a good time. <laughs> well, neither movies are really good times. It was there was less of a story, less of a narrative in Heaven Knows mm. What. It was more day in the life type of I see. Um kind of movie. And then lastly, last night, uh Lee and I saw Bones and All, the new Luca Guadagnino movie. Was that good? Yes, very good. I feel like I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. Doesn't it seem like it's sort of his cribbing from a little movie called Raw? 
Yeah, it's a lot. It is based on a novel, but it is. Uh, I don't care about that. <laughs> there's definitely some thematic and uh, content overlap. Yeah. I also thought Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell's performances were actually not great. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I like Timothy. I do not like Timothy. Um, Get with the times, Patrick. I think the movie could have been better with different leads. Um, I could Trisha also be is snacking in the background right now, so if that appears in this episode, I apologize to all the fart heads. What's she eating? She's eating the Ode to the Potato Chip, the Trader Joe's Potato Chip, which is I'm a big fan of. Is it called the very Ode noisy. to the Potato Chip? Ode to the Classic Potato Chip, yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun. Can I see yeah, the branding on that? I can't show it to you okay. right now. Google it. You'll find it. Okay. If anybody else out there likes the Ode to the Classic Potato Chip, it's one of my favorites, <laughs> hit me up. Um, yeah. So that's... I'm all cut up. I skipped Very a good, couple Patrick. like rewatches, but that's that's pretty much it. Very good. Um, well, yeah, wow. We did that's pretty great. good, all things considered. We did Especially, good. you know, the holidays are busy. I had a new job. You had a nephew born. Yeah. I didn't have to raise it or birth it, so that really didn't take up any time. <laughs> but I hear you. Patrick, let's move on to the rest of the show. We got a lot to cover here, yeah, bro. Yeah, we do. Uh, I want to make All sure right. we don't forget our sponsors, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, we have four have more. Yeah, right we have now? four more. Uh, we're going to Go. do two today and then two in our next episode. Let's hit me up, dude. Let's hit it up. Uh, today, we are thanking Jason King from L.A., California. Drop your, here you go, King. Drop your crown. <laughs> Jason's favorite artsy fartsy movie is Rushmore. Ugh. Casey, Talk what are you about gi- a movie that changed my life. What are you giving Rushmore? Eight. Oh, really? That's too high. Seven. Yeah, I was going to say 7.1. 6.5. Okay, sure. We'll do that. Jason, there you go. Print it. I Book love it. Rushmore. That changed my life. I started writing in cursive in high school after I saw it. I just, <laughs> I wanted to be a little Max Fisher. I love Rushmore too. Rush, Rushmore is still one of my favorite movies. Probably still my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Uh, Here's the thing about Rushmore film. that I love that you can't really say about any Wes Anderson movie since. It takes place in the real world more so, you know? Like, for example, there's a scene where Bill Murray has... Budweiser swim trunks. Mm. That would never happen in a Wes Anderson movie after that. Yes. I think that's actually a pretty interesting and correct observation. Yeah, post-Rushmore, so everything else... You, it's an Anderson land. It's an Anderson land. Whatever. Yeah, Rushmore seems the only one that was... There was something identifiable that was tethered to reality as we know it. Yeah. Um, as we know it. So Jason, course, there you go. You have that, an that too. That's a fun little thing that Jason can talk about. What you just yeah. said. Uh, yeah. And then we Use have that talking point. And then we have Kyle Stone from Yorktown, Virginia. Woo! Have you heard of Yorktown? I've never been to Virginia. No. You never been, been, been to Virginia? No. Oh. Was there in October? Had a good mm. time. You weren't at some sort of like unite the right. right. <laughs> no, I was there for a wedding in Richmond. Virginia, oh, which okay, cool. actually used to be the capital of the Confederacy. That's mm, <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so it's got a haunted past. Although, to their credit, they <laughs> took down uh, all their Confederate statues. Why are you laughing? Well, good for them. 
Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Jason and Kyle. What was what was Kyle, Kyle Stone. Stone? Oh, and his What's favorite his artsy food, artsy artsy fruity, artsy fruity. That's kind of like the Swedish chef from the Puppet, the Muppets. That was fun that you did that. Is uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me? Fire Walk with Me. What? Wait, how do? You, what's the whole thing? It's chance out between two worlds. Yeah. From the fires of future past, a sunshine shine for change to worlds. Fire, walk with me. Yes, very good. Yes. I love Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, but that is a difficult film. It is. I'm going to say 8.8. Uh, I was going to say 9.1, but let's go with 8.8. Uh, not his most inscrutable, though. No. Far from it, I would say, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but but I think especially uh, if you if you are dark. a fan of the Twin Peaks TV show and then and that no, no other like Lynch output yeah and then you went to that I can't even imagine <laughs> uh, I had some pretty disorienting prior, I feel like I had some prior heads up so I wasn't as caught off guard I was caught off I guard th- because I didn't know I mean yeah. I had seen a racer head um. Yeah. But I still expected like Fire Walk with Me to be kind of more in the vein of of the original series, um. So I was <laughs> shocked that it was as insane as it was. I like it more now than I think I when I first saw it. Same. And I think also like Twin Peaks: The Return, it picks up more where Fire Walk with Me drops off. Is that? The- picks up where that you know what i'm saying yeah like i feel mm-hmm. like the return is darker than the original series but yes it's like um it's like twin peaks firewalk with me. yeah i'd agree uh, with that i used to have a firewalk with me shirt you remember that yeah oh i love what happened to that shirt big old hole oh where was the hole in the nipple that. not yeah my nipple was popping out no it was like perfect belly button <laughs> we could have made it into go. a crop top Hmm, that's an interesting idea. I think I thought about framing it, but I was like, the I don't know. I it hurt me to get rid of it, but yeah, it was also. Did you throw it out uh, or did you donate it? I don't know what I did with it. You know, I would it have burst taken into it. flames. <laughs> Patrick, let's move on to the rest okay. of the show. Wait, real quick. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Kyle. Okay, we are Fart House. We watch the Arches Farches films so that you can pretend that you did what you were talking about the ice storm today. <laughs> we will discuss the ice storm and subject it to our proprietary fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable this movie really is. Patrick, do you own this movie and have you seen it before? Yes. And yes. Wow. However, I do not own the Criterion Collection version. There's a Criterion Collection version of this? I didn't even know. There is. There is. I own the regular old, whatever it was, 20th Century Fox or whatever. Yeah, the the shit one. Uh, Yeah. Uh, This is one of those movies, though, that, like, you heard about, I feel like, because it was, like, an Academy. I think it was nominated for some Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. Or it was, and... But it's like kind of artsy and like it's kind of like American Beauty. It's in like sort of a similar vein where you kind of heard about it and you're like, oh, I got to see that to be like a real cinephile. Especially creep. like when we were becoming cinephiles, like the, the like the coolest. The cuties were becoming cute. When, when the cuties were coming into our own, like the kind of movies that I feel like both of us and a lot of people of our generation when they're getting into movies, they love the sort of like disaffected upper middle class, like 
ennui sort of yeah black comedy sort of like mm. oh fuck things aren't as they seem there's something dark below the surface you know like that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. so the ice storm uh, is definitely in that wheelhouse in that wheelhouse have you seen this movie called the land of steady habits by nicole hall of center no it i believe also takes it takes place in connecticut and it has a real the ice storm vibe. It's a little funnier, but it's good. I think you'd like it. Oh wow! Looking at this now, I can't believe I haven't seen this. I love Ben Mendelsohn. I love Edie Falco. I love Connie Britton. I love Bill, Bill Camp. Camp. Hello, <laughs> Josh Payas. Fantastic. Get on board. It's good. I think you'd like it, Patrick. Cool. I'll check it out. I'll add it to the watch uh, list I like Nicole, right now. Nicole Hollis and her life. But yes, that, that uh, 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 like catcher in the rye kind of like, mm-hmm. God, our lives are so dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just this sort of like jaded, like what even is, what even is, what's the point of all this? What even is, you know? Uh, I'm going to give a brief synopsis here. Uh, I didn't write anything, so this is off the dome. Ooh. The Ice Storm. It's about uh, a few interconnected families and the generations, there's like the parents and the kids, and there's the Hood family, which is Kevin Klein and Joan Allen, and then the Carver family, which is Sigourney Weaver and whoever his husband is. And uh, Toby McGuire's in this, Christina Ricci, Elijah Wood, uh, Adam Hanbird, you might recognize from Jumanji, David Krumholtz. Uh, so many great actors, and it's just sort of these interconnected lives of these people. We're just kind of having a hard time in 1970s Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, struggling. And there's a lot of ennui. <laughs> Tons of ennui. Um, Patrick, so you'd seen it before. Mm-hmm. You watch it again as an adult. Yes. I watch it as a teen, and I was like, I get this on some level. But I actually think I like it more now than when I originally saw it, because I'm a sad adult now, I... not just a sad teen. <laughs> you know? I think I liked it more then, actually. I still mm. really like this movie, and I think it's a very good movie. But I think I I built it up. I remember really loving it. And so I think I built it up in my head a little bit more. So then it kind of felt a little bit less than the sum of its parts when I yeah. rewatched it. Um, I was shocked watching it this time. I've never seen a movie. I'm sure other movies have done this where like the main characters are like saying metaphors in real time. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you'll be like. I'm like Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Yeah. For this reason, I my, like it's like I'm like okay, you're kind of like spouting poetry, and it's like so on the nose, but it kind of works it for works, this because it's yeah. so moody, you know. It, it's because so, like Ang Lee does such a good job of mastering tone and style. Like if you notice too, like the costumes, they're they're like ultra seventies, like cartoonishly seventies. Yeah. yeah, it almost. It's like a melodrama. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, like it, And not that the acting is big, like the acting is very muted in this actually. It but is. like and I what remember saying, it's funny you mentioned that cuz I remember to the acting being I think just cuz of my impressions of the movie, I remember the acting being a little bit more, you know, uh ostentatious or whatever, or more expressive, yeah. but it's it is kind of understated or at least more subtle. Yeah. Uh Everyone's doing very little, smoking cigarettes, being sad, drinking. You know what's interesting? Like, they're like, Kevin Klein, like in the synopsis of the movie, like on IMDb, it's like, he's drinking, he's an alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, he's not. He didn't, I didn't get that impression. No, I was like, he's like having a drink once in a while, but like. He gets drunk one night. And like, and yeah, and I guess like the whole movie takes place. <laughs> for like 24 hours, but it's like. 
And I guess he has kind of an embarrassing meltdown in front of everyone. He but. does. <laughs> a timely little meltdown. Now, Patrick, if I were to fix this movie, do you know what I would say? No, what would you do? I love when you do this, though. I almost always I agree just, with I you. I could fix it. Did you Not see Quentin Tarantino's new book, Cinema Speculation? Have you heard about this? No. Have you heard about this? Uh, he, he is getting increasingly more eerie. I love Quentin Tarantino, but like his takes are... So, he should... In the age of podcasts, he shouldn't be allowed to talk no, this no, much. He's, like, <laughs> like, he hasn't said anything, like, too all. He's just annoying. He's just kind of an No, irritant. it's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> because, I like, I'm like, you are known for, like, your very hyper-specific opinions on movies. Like, that. Like he, when he came, he became popular because he liked movies that weren't liked by a lot of people. But now that people are asking his opinion... He's like, oh, this is what everyone should think. Yeah. And it's like, no, but your unique <laughs> mindset should just stay in its little corner. Go make movies. But, like, stop espousing your weird... <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to really know what you think that much, you know? <laughs> and I, I haven't read the book, but I was reading a review of it. And I think that it's called Cinema Speculation. And mm-hmm. I, I bet some of our listeners have probably read it. Um, and I'd be curious to read it. I think... Um, some of what he does is it's kind of a funny conceit, and I don't know how much of the book is this, but I think he takes some of his favorite movies or like some some like films from the canon and talks about like what he would do differently yeah. or like how or like how he would fix them. See, I don't like when people say this stuff. Actually, what I'm what I'm actually saying, so I'm being a bit of a like um, idiot right now. No, you know. but. My friend Dave Gerald, he's always like, oh, that movie would have been perfect if not this one thing, and it fucking ruined it. Now I hate that movie. And I'm like, you can, I, I, I take the whole thing. I don't think this movie should actually be changed. But if I was in the editing booth, I would have been like, Toby Maguire's whole section in the middle where he goes to New York is so... To me, it was like kind of an emotional speed bump like mm-hmm. i'm like why are we here like because everything else is so intriguing and i'm like maybe because i hate toby mcguire as a human being but like <laughs> that part is so uninteresting well everything about their whole like it's weird that like i mean god love david crumholtz i mean i love him as bernard and the yes. santa claus but it's strange that he's like the smooth like casanova <laughs> david crumholtz is is moving it swooping in and uh, charming Libets, which is an incredible name, name, played by Katie Holmes. Uh, it's yeah, it's just Katie Holmes isn't a great actor. David Krumholtz didn't really fit the bill, in my opinion. Toby Maguire. It's just, I just thought that part was so like so uninteresting. You could have just snip, 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 cut that out of the movie. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, but I guess but it, uh, it it gets us slightly more invested in Tobey Maguire's character, so it means a little bit more when he comes home at the end. And... I know, but that it's like he's like kind of like the narrator. But I'm like, why are you the narrator? Maybe because he's like out. He's he's left. Sorry, Trisha's knocking things around in the kitchen right now. So if you hear that, <laughs> I didn't that hear her back there. Um, but it makes it. I don't know. I don't think he needed to be the narrator. Maybe because he's kind of outside looking in a little bit, but he's from there. I don't know. It just didn't do much for me on this viewing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did you have a favorite I, character? Um, Do I have a favorite character? Sigourney Weaver, probably. Yeah, Because she's like so unhappy and is like so cutting. And <laughs> yeah. 
She looks Doesn't amazing too. Fuck. She looked great. Everyone's looking great. Everyone's you looking know what great. happened to Joan Allen? You don't see her anymore. I feel like she was in all these movies that were getting Oscar buzz around this time. Well, she was in. Wasn't see. she in all the Bourne movies? I think she was in the Bourne movies. Oh yeah. Um, but she wasn't Jason Bourne. She, <laughs> she wasn't Janet Bourne. You know. I don't know. She Would could, you watch a spinoff series her. with Joan Allen as Janet Bourne? Janet Bourne. <laughs> Is she doing like karate stuff like Jason oh, yeah. Bourne or is she like... Yeah, same oh, okay. yeah, acrobatics sure. and maneuvers. Yeah. Why not just Joan Bourne? <laughs> She's Joan Allen, Joan Bourne. Um, Patrick, I have a question for you. Okay. So probably the most famous scene in this movie is where, you know, Joan Allen and Kevin Klein they're having problems. She's discovered that he's having an affair with Sigourney Weaver. And she's kind of pissed off about it. And they go to a party and it turns out to be a key party. <laughs> and they didn't really know that that was happening beforehand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would you do if you and Leah walked into a party like that and they're like, put your keys in the bowl? Can you imagine? I can't. Uh, I was reading up on this afterwards and there, it was funny. Like there's these like soci- sociology researchers and, and sex researchers who've like looked into and it's really kind of an urban legend. The key parties like I think, you know, what else is an urban legend? Rainbow parties. Those like didn't happen. Wait, either. what's a rainbow party? It's where girls put on different color lipstick at a party and all the guys go around to try to get as many <laughs> blowjobs as possible and so it's a rainbow on their little dick. But that, that's that been kind of debunked. Yeah, because the key party, it's it's totally preposterous. It's in, in like so many ways. Like it's slanted so heavily in favor of the men. Like, yes. it, well, and it may, like you said, this is cartoonish and so it makes sense that this happens in this movie. Yeah. Like it did not, uh, it didn't like... It wasn't like, oh, this would never happen. I was like, oh, key party time. Uh, I think what I would do, though, if I was in that scenario, is I would probably just like, no, no, hold on to mine. I mean, how much pressure, and I guess it depends how much pressure the person would apply. I mean, I think I would ultimately hold on to There was no pressure applied by Allison Janney, I didn't feel like. But I feel like like, at the time, they didn't really know what was going on. Like when they were asked to put the keys in the bowl. They knew. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) They knew. Uh, yeah and then yeah Kevin Klein he gets super drunk and then as Sigourney Weaver picks out the keys of a young stud who happens to be there he stands up and is like no wait (laughs) announcing to the world that he's having an affair basically and uh, it's awkward and uncomfortable and uh, what if you were at the party and Trisha grabbed your keys and took wait and also aren't now I'm rethinking this. I guess it's only it's only one set of keys, right? It's only the one set of keys. One set of keys. Okay, so what if Tr- if you went to the party together and Trisha grabbed your keys and just threw them in there and strolled in? What would you do? I'd be disturbed. Okay. And would you hash uh, it out right there? Or would you ask to speak in private? I think I'd ask to speak in private. Okay. It would, the no consultation, like Joan Allen does, she just like grabs the keys and tosses them mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Allison Janney. She pulled a, I uh, Trisha pulls a Joan Bourne. Joan Bourne. <laughs> I love any of those memes. Have you ever seen those TikToks where it's like some doofus's home video and he's like filming himself doing like horrible karate moves and then it cuts to that scene from Jason Bourne and someone going, holy shit, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> yes. I love that. That always <laughs> makes me laugh so much. Um, would you want to live in the 70s? It seemed like a sad time there's like not as much like 
Like the movie, like cinema was at its highest, but it's kind of a bleak time, you know. I think it was a bleak time, and it's it's hard. Um, you know, it's it's so easy to view things through rose colored glasses. But in, have you read yeah. um, uh, Nixon Land? No. Uh, I knew right when you said, "Have you read?" I was. I've I've like read three books. That's not life. true. You read a lot. In fact, I think you read more than me over the past few years. I've seen you active on Goodreads. You're on Goodreads? Are we friends on Goodreads? <laughs> yeah, we're friends. I haven't read... I've been working on the same book for a long time, which is probably... I've you haven't never seen. seen you post on Goodreads. <laughs> it's been a long time, but we are friends. I'm an active member. Yeah, I'm a I just saw uh, you mark something as want to read. And then I looked it up and I was like, why does Casey want to read this? Oh, what was it? <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I feel like I remember what it was. I just can't... It's not coming to mind. Uh, I, it was something I was interested in reading. Oh, How dare you say that? <laughs> calling me out. What if it was like something like really embarrassing, like how to make your feet? Yeah, here it is. Stinking. Skating to Antarctica. Yeah. What is I this? thought it looked interesting. It's a nonfiction book. I oh, it's know. nonfiction. I, I, the cover is hideous. That's the cover that's on Goodreads. There are other, there are cool covers of that one. <laughs> I don't know. If it, it looks like a, like a, an old Navy or like a Target ad. Anybody's read Skating to Antarctica? Fill me in. Okay, so this uh, newsletter called uh, Read Like the Wind Has Changed My Life. This book yes, reviewer, you told me Molly about Young. this. That sounded like a very good newsletter. And that was on there. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, reading the synopsis, it's, it sounds intriguing enough. Just I saw, I've been very into saw, Antarctica lately. Why? I think it's interesting. Have you seen the Herzog movie about Antarctica? Encounters no, at the I end of the world. You haven't seen that? Trisha, what are you eating? What is it? Is Trisha under okay. the desk? Because it looks like you're looking under something. Well, I have my monitor at my ta- at the kitchen table right now. Oh, 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 oh. And I just peered around at my wife and I said, what you munching on back there? Is it still the ode to the potato chip? Trisha just said, I bet you read more than Patrick. Yeah, and I, and I, I got to agree. And I agreed with... with okay. The assessment? The assessment. Uh, but anyways, back to Nixon about? land. Uh, the only kind of like um, comforting thing about it was like things seemed really, 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 really bad then. And yeah. there seemed to be a lot of parallels between then and now in terms of the political climate. Paranoia. Paranoia. I like a lot of paranoia right uh, now. Resurgent nationalism. uh you know, there was there was a backlash to like the Civil Rights Act and to like all of these yeah. sorts of progressive movements of the '60s. There is this really significant reactionary reaction to that. Kind of makes me shit. afraid a little bit because that means like so like if the '60s was this time of like political change and also cultural, just a lot of like interesting culture, music, movies going on. Then there was the 70s, and then there was the 80s, and then I feel like the 90s picked up again, but mm-hmm. it feels like we're going to be in like a lull for a while. If we're comparing nowadays to the 70s, it means we've got like, I don't know. True. It has felt like some a bad well, years Well, I guess if the 70s and the 80s are bad, it's like you get one good decade and then two bad decades. Yeah. <laughs> sort of seems like that. Hmm. So maybe the 20s will turn around. It's 2022. We got time for things to get a little better. I mean, things in the 60s really didn't pick up until... And, you know, the 60s were bad, too. I mean, there was a lot of bad... Even though yeah, some true. progressive things bad. happened. I mean, everything is just kind of awful all the time. And yeah. isn't that the message of the ice storm? Thank you, Everything Patrick, will freeze it right, over right around. eventually. Like my heart. I mean, I don't think there's a single person of color in this entire movie. 
No. But I mean, it takes place in New Canaan, about, like, Connecticut. I mean, it's like. It's about whiteness. Yeah. Did you ever know anybody like Christina Ricci in this movie? Little. Uh, she was kind of a little freak. I feel like, yeah. I feel like I've known people like that. I've known kids like that. I feel like that I knew se- some that girls seemed like, that like kind of like, uh, kind of ahead of their. I don't know if ahead of their times. Or they seemed older than they actually were. Like they kind of yeah, acted like, like experimenting, sort of dangerously. I think. Yes. Oh, I at a knew, young I, age, there were always a handful of kids like that, and they always kind of scared me. Yeah, there was a girl who I was kind of friends with who we rode the same bus, and she was, like, gone for two months. And it's like, where'd Melissa go? And then she came back, and she had to give a speech about all the drugs she had been on. And she talked about, like, her first bad trip. And we were in eighth grade. In and I was eighth like, oh my grade? God. Yeah? Oh, yeah. What do you mean she, ha- like, did the school ask her? To- what do you <laughs> I mean she had to I don't to know. Get- she went to rehab, and then I think she came back. And it seemed like it was kind of a way to assuage rumors about her. Uh like so she kind of like set the record straight. Yeah. Kind of know? get out in front of it, kind of. Yeah. Or get behind yeah. it and showcase it. Yeah. Do you Patrick. have like a favorite like of the like I feel like this is very like as we mentioned when we first started talking about like with the ice storm, do you have a very do you have a favorite version of this film? Like do you have is there of this sort of like oh, yeah, good suburban ennui kind of movie, black comedy or drama. I used to, I love this genre in general. I don't know if I have one that sticks out necessarily. Like I was obsessed with American beauty. Me too. Uh, But I'm trying to think. No, I don't know. Do you have one top of mind? Uh, I mean, the only one that's coming to mind is like, Oh, you know which one I really love? Uh, and actually, this is apropos, considering Todd Field's Tar is taking the world by storm. Little Children? And, uh, little Children, yeah. Yeah, it's good. I would say Little Children, um, The Virgin Suicides. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Damn, that's good. Gosh, there's got to be some others. There were so many that came out in like the early 2000s or like the 2010s. And like those were just like right up my alley. And I love that sort of just like, it really spoke to me as a sort of like, yeah. like all pretty much all teens are angsty. And then you see something yeah. like that's like nothing to look forward to. I feel like it kind of like is like, yeah, my problems are real mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or something. It kind of like makes you feel good. Yeah, you know, it, like, it yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of validating in a way. It's like this, yeah, everything sucks and always will suck sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but do you do you have fear about? I have fear. Do, about oh, I have fear. Middle aged, on we like these folks in this movie. Like, do you worry about? Uh, that's a good question. I I do worry about the midlife crisis, but I've had so many crises. Up until now, that I feel like I can handle it a little better because I feel like the midlife crisis comes harder at people who have had a pretty easy time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd agree with that, especially if, I think to I think it can happen to anyone at any age in any generation. But I feel like the generations, like the Boomers and Gen X, they got so prosperous so fast with very little effort. And like moved so yeah. like hit these life milestones so fast, yeah. That 
like there was no there wasn't a, a, as much of an opportunity for reflection or anything yeah. you know what i mean like i feel like totally as millennials like we're getting married later we're having kids later like we don't own homes like there's all the, we've we're kind of we've like reflected. our lives are a crisis <laughs> we've all gone to therapy yeah you know yeah yeah that's a good i think that's true uh have you seen this this is a total left turn here but uh have you seen how like boomers are now like or not boomers how the right wing have like adopted okay groomer yes like yes oh my god <laughs> they're obsessed with pedophilia <laughs> they are obsessed with pedophilia it's so weird i don't think pedophilia is good but it's they make it sound like it is like, like as, as rampant as, as covid19 yeah or like a- <laughs> That's even better. I was going to say it's rampant as traffic accidents, but yeah, you would think that like, like, like seven out of every 10 children were being groomed and recruited into pedophilic sex cults. Yes. (laughs) It's insane. It's crazy. I just, and like, you remember that movie on Netflix? What was it called? It's a French film and like the right were totally on top of it. Oh yeah. We talked about this on another, was it called Cuties? Yeah. Cuties and the poor... (laughs) director was like oh no you uh, you seem to she was like so nice she was like you seem to have kind of misunderstood this is against the sexualization of children like we i am on your side for this but they like could not understand it so oh so uh, bizarre god almighty patrick anything else about this movie uh not necessarily about this, but what do you think of Ang Lee as a filmmaker? How, how many Ang Lee movies have you seen? Do you have any other... F- he's kind of an odd... He's like one of those movies, kind of like Jonathan Demme, where you can't really put a finger Ooh, on the guy. That's a very you know? great comp case. Very great comp. You're kind of like... but And I love Jonathan. I think I like Jonathan Demme more. Me too. But Me Ang too. Lee... He's be okay. Here's my problem with Ang Lee. Here's my <laughs> Ang Lee rant. He, he's a great filmmaker... <laughs> But he's become obsessed with frame rates. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it drives me crazy. He did that Billy's halftime walk of something. What? What is this? The last Uh, thing I remember him making is Life of Pi. And I didn't see it because it looked. Did you know? Okay. Did you know he won Best Director for Life of Pi? At the Oscars? Yes. (laughs) I had no memory of that. (laughs) What? He won Best Director for Life of Pi at the Oscars. Yes. That movie made six hundred million dollars. What the fuck? Yeah, he, it won. It has a le- It won best director. I have no memory of him winning best director. Isn't that odd? Uh, yeah, no, it won best cinematography, this? best visual effects, best music, and best director. That is fucking wild. I did not remember that at all. Have a you book seen I it? I did not read again. No, I haven't seen I mean, it. Me neither. Okay, so no, he did this movie called. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Don't you remember that movie from 2016? No, I not like literally not at all. <laughs> I have, but it was I've shot... never, I've never, I don't recognize this poster. I don't. Some of these, some of these directors, they get obsessed with certain film technologies, and it ruins their career. Like this happened to Robert Zemeckis too. Where I'm like, stop it. Yeah, stop remember when being... Robert Zemeckis made Beowulf? <laughs> Yes, so he did. He he's been shooting. Ang Lee's been obsessed with 120 frames per second frame rate, which makes it seem hyper realistic. But here's the problem with like hyper realism: you are watching something. You're still watching a movie screen where the people on it are like 18 feet tall. So if it looks like a real 
person, but they're 18 feet tall. That is freakish, and I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> okay. So he did Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk in 120 frame rate, and then he also did, uh, what is the name of that movie? Met uh, with Will Smith. Gemini pre-slap. Man. Pre-slap. Yeah, that one. Je- uh, this was, I didn't, I remember this one, but I didn't know this was Ang Lee. Yeah. What so, an and then he did like Life of Pi, which career. Life of Pi also has like a lot of like technologic st- technological stuff. He, I wish he would go back to like doing, I don't know, The Ice Storm or Brokeback Mountain or even Taking Woodstock. I kind of like that movie. I never saw Taking Woodstock, so I've seen The Ice Storm, really liked. Okay. Ride with the Devil, really liked. Crouching Tiger, modern classic. Hulk was not good, um, but I appreciated it for doing something different. Uh, with the superhero genre, love Brokeback Mountain, all time classic. Have not seen Less Caution. Would like to, and uh, yeah. So, but a I lot s- of these after that, after that, are like obsessed with certain technological advances, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> about this, very strange. So I don't know. I don't get that's it. That's my opinion. Well, that's, that's your. My opinion that's Casey's. I want to see rant. some of his. Or I want to see eat, eat, drink, man, woman. That's supposed to be really good. Um. Yeah, the, yeah he's his, his um, triptych, his little trilogy from the beginning of his career. I would like to watch all, Pushing Hands, The Wedding Banquet, and Eat, Drink, Man, yeah, Woman. Those, all those sound are supposed great. to be good. Have you so. seen Sense and Sensibility? No, I have not. Me neither. I would like to watch that. Yeah, sure. Oh. I don't mind Jane Austen. Yeah. Watch Patrick, it. we must move on to the farts you yes, take. Yes, to it. Okay, the fartsy test. We've said it before. We'll say it again for the losers who don't remember. <laughs> this is the test that is used to determine the fartsiness of a movie, which is our scale that gauges how impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy-fartsy movie is. We continually add and subtract from this list. It's a living document, much like the Constitution, but far more important. Patrick, were there any disorienting editing choices that you found? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Every time it cut to Tobey Maguire's goofy-ass head, I was like, huh? That was disorienting. <laughs> anytime, anytime they said the, the name Libets, I was <laughs> Libets Casey. I'm like, is she supposed to be Jewish? Because she has the last name Casey. It was all very odd. Uh, inappropriately long gazing. I would say yes. yes. Yeah. Joan Allen alone gazing all around. I and Elijah part- Wood when he's, which spoiler alert, pre electrocution. <laughs> Lots of gaze in it. Shipped. Yeah. Uh, Did you feel sad watching that? I was shocked when that happened. Yes. Pun intended or not intended? Oh, I was unintended, but it's very good. <laughs> it's very good. You know, I feel like this movie did a good job for like the 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 kids that kind of scared me as a child that I was like even friends with. They like had nothing to do after school and no one to watch them. I knew a lot of kids like this. Yeah. And they were like doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of scared me. Yeah. Like they had too much freedom. Yeah. At a ch- and this is what happens. You get electric. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like no one knew he was gone. No. If I were gone for that long, there would have been helicopters. Yeah. And he was really just running around having a damn blast. <laughs> yeah. And was, was um, it Thanksgiving night or is it the day after Thanksgiving? I don't remember. Still. I don't remember. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like p- parents back then, they used to have more of a good time. They used to party a little bit more. They used to have more fun, but they were not happy. But they were. <laughs> were Patrick, happy. have you ever been in an ice storm like this? No. I've been in a snowstorm, but I've never I've never been in like an ice storm like ice this. Ice storms. It, this does a good job of 
adequately it's gross it's like the worst weather on the planet yeah it seems it's way worse than anything so I could cold think of. it's so cold and you're wet like when it's so cold that it snows you're kind of like oh this is fine it's dry it's snowing it's lovely it's beautiful but like the cold wet muddy and then honestly the the roads are like uh ice rink yeah and you're just doing bumper cars yeah it sounds terrifying yeah the last time you know it's funny when i was training for the marathon we had just had an ice storm and it was covered in ice but i had to run to practice oh my god because i had to keep how far, up do you remember so how far I was you like went slip sliding all around the damn place <laughs> and my dad was mad that i even ran yeah you that probably I did shouldn't that. have gone i was thinking of elijah wood mm. in that moment or you think or in that moment yeah. wow slipping around you just always have uh, movies on the brain i can't turn that off unfortunately <laughs> quentin Blessing case and tino needs to shut up he's, he's so he is like such an irritating person i think we forget that like in the 90s that was like a joke that he's irritating but now we're like supposed to listen to him as if he's some wise sage it's like no he's still annoying uh you've seen that clip of him talking to fiona apple right no. you've never seen the clip of him talking to fiona apple no all right mark you don't have to put the whole clip in here but i'm going to send it to you and you should put in send it to me i'll send if you i remember clip. i'll put it in here if not look it up everybody no uh, you're gonna put it in i'll put it in like a very it's kind of long but i'll put in like a 10 second clip for you that you <laughs> it's so funny is there suicide it, no but it has it has suicide energy it has yeah even like the tragic sort of untimely death of a adolescent boy yeah um and when they all do drugs at libitz's place it felt like maybe they could have od'd although that wouldn't have been suicide it would have been accidental od but yeah has suicide energy has suicide energy yeah does someone masturbate is there a penis in this movie i don't think anybody masturbates but there is a i'll show you mine if you show me yours yes scene oh i have a funny story okay I was either with Simone Vasquez with or Chelsea Fisk, one of the two, and we were going up to Simone's apartment. I think it was with Chelsea, actually. We opened it. We were in an apartment building going up to Simone's apartment. This is in college. We opened the door, and there's a little kid with his pants down, clearly showing, they're all like 10 years old, showing two girls his penis. <laughs> and he pulls up his pants really quickly, and we're like, sorry. And we like run past Wait, so him. whose apartment is this? This was Simone's apartment building. Oh, you went into the wrong. No, we were going up a stairwell. Oh, and they were doing it in the stairwell? Yes. (laughs) What? Wild stuff. That is wild. Wow. Shush. Shut up, Dudley. Are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? I would say so. Yeah, I think this would put a lot of people off. I think people would say that was a downer. Or this was, that was a, a bummer. downer. Like this is fucked up. Yeah, people, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. That made me feel a certain way. Right, and you know we, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Like kids, kind of like adolescent kids, kind of flirting with their like kind of in, having sexual awakenings. Yeah, a little bit makes people uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Hints, slight hints. Welcome to the dollhouse. Hmm. I get a little bit of that. A little bit of that. Sorry, my dog is whining at me there's a lot of noises today. it's okay i uh, haven't heard any of the noises so i think we'll be yeah, okay but there you'll hear them on the microphone fans oh. listeners okay uh can peanut start watching this movie after 8 p.m without falling asleep patrick i did okay. just fine buddy no oh. you could fall asleep to this one though dreamy 
Yeah, but I feel like it's pretty riveting, I think. Mm. Did you find it? Would it, you call it riveting or no? No, I would not. Oh. I would not. I found it to be very engaging. God did. Because I just wanted to see like how everything was going to play out. Like what was going to yeah. happen? Who was, yeah. Yeah. you know, was Kevin Klein going to get caught? He was. Like how was it going to play out between Kevin Klein and Sigourney with Joan Bourne? <laughs> there. Joan Bourne. <laughs> you know, we're in a bit of a Kevin Klein kick. We watched The Ice Storm and The Big Chill and A Fish Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda, yeah. Pretty good stretch there. Klein kick. (laughs) Uh, Our friend Nat McGee, friends with his son, Owen Klein, they grew up together. That's right. I remember you mentioned that to me. How is Nat? Have you seen him lately? Haven't seen him lately. Well, text him for me. Stop. Stop I guess I have his number. I can text him too. You know who you know who I heard from today? In fact, I need to text her back. Jen from Winnipeg texted me today. (gasps) Yeah, said she's been. uh, She was. We were in her Spotify Wrapped as top podcast. Shut up! Thank you to all the listeners who have been sharing that we've been there. Very sweet. I love seeing that. It's amazing, and that's what. Even though we're not around as much as we used to be, we're still around, and we're gonna be. We're we're here. (laughs) We're gonna be in your lives forever, right, Casey? Uh. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> is there an inordinate amount of milling about so much so this could be retitled the 2013 comedy where the millers, lots of millage. Yep, the electrical biking, millers. Biking is millage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just a little bit faster, but it's milling. Yeah, and they were kind of milling around the living room during the key party. Yeah, just kind of... lots of milling. I li- this movie does make me want to go on a bike ride. Milling and mingling. I'd like to do that too. I haven't... Going down a hill. I'm trying to think. I can't remember the last time I was on a bike. That's a line from this fucking movie. Is it? Do they say that in it? Joan Allen's like, I don't remember the last Oh, one. that's that's right. Good memory case. He's like, I saw my daughter, you look so free. Like, back to like back this. to back to that's the poetry okay. of the of the screenplay. Yeah. Uh poster titillation level. I actually really like the poster for this. Can you see it? Look it up. Well, the one on the DVD cover is so so. I wonder which one you're thinking of. There's one where it's like three blocks. It's kind of oh, like yeah, with the three blocks. Saul Bass. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's better than the DVD cover. And and for folks that are wondering, I'm talking about the original DVD release, not the Criterion. Uh, the Criterion DVD cover is cool too. But there were so many movies like this that, that came out this time. I can't even name them. I love There's this like too. A billion of it them. was it was 1973, and the climate was changing. That's good. So do you think this was this is is uh, does Ang Lee not believe in climate change? Is he one of those people that think we're? He's saying the climate's changing, right? But I think he's saying that there was a period in the seventies where people thought an ice age was coming, and that's what a lot of like climate deniers will say. That they're like Time Magazine, Pretty hot out yeah. There. The yeah. Time Magazine ran this this piece in the seventies about how we're, America was entered its next ice age, and so they used that to deny climate change. Somebody was like, this is a Twitter take, so take it as you will. But someone was like, I guess we've learned from the pandemic that if aliens come, half the nation will be like, no, they didn't. <laughs> uh, speaking of, speaking of, I don't think we, uh, we talked since, uh, since Elon Musk took over Twitter. And oh I texted Casey asking if, <laughs> what did I ask you? I think I asked you if you're happy now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am kind of titillated by it. He's such a dunce. <laughs> what did I <laughs> I said I don't remember what it was. 
Hold on, I need to see this because. Uh, this is not interesting. We're taking long periods of time. All right, yeah, I'm skip that. Edit skip that. Out. But yes, Elon Musk, what a fool. Yeah, what a fool. dunce. What an idiot. Yeah. <clears throat> Fuck him. Fuck him, dude. Uh, I hope he... I hate him as loses. much as Trump now, if not more. Yeah, I think he's more damaging in some yeah, ways. Yeah, I think so too. Not as much overall as Trump was, because Trump really... He put a spell on people. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the tide is turning on... Trump a little bit, yeah. Uh, from his base, not from me. I yeah, I feel like I'm, <laughs> and maybe this is delusional, but I feel like the base is shrinking a little. Like people have so, some percentage of his fandom has soured on him. Maybe, I, yeah. maybe that's naive. I don't know, but I get that sense a little bit. Yeah, I think he's less exciting. He's not anti-Semitic enough for the uh, the modern Republican yeah. Party, I guess. Whereas, like Elon, like people have made this joke before too. Like Elon Musk fans would. L- would absolutely sign up for lobotomies if he was performing them. Like if yeah. it was like, like <laughs> I do not understand it. <laughs> the cold. And like he there has. was so much like, hey Elon, this worker yeah. of yours said some shit about you. You I don't I I think you should fire him. And then Elon's like, I will fire him actually. Thank you. <laughs> and then Drone. they'll suggest some fucking weirdo which suggests some insane feature that Twitter should never have, and Elon will respond and say, working on it. <laughs> Looking and he's like, it. I he's like the least funny human. I can't believe he brought a suit. <laughs> that's the be, that's in. the best like, thing about it. It's like he cannot buy the one thing that he wants more than anything in the world. He wants to be funny, and he can never buy it. He just will never he's be like funny. So so horrifically unfunny. <laughs> like, have you seen Succession? I've seen some of it. Like, it's like uh, uh, people who've watched Succession, it's kind of like Kendall Roy in that way. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jeremy totally, Strong's totally. character. Just like, there's nothing. You can have the funniest people in the world write you the best jokes, and there's, no, there's nothing you I can know. do. Oh, boy. All right, Patrick, what's your score for this movie? I'm going to give it a 7.4, uh, 7.2. I'm going to give it the exact same one. It feels good to me. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a weird film. Yeah. It's good. It's very it's good. No, it's good. It's good. Enough, it's not weird enough to not get nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. And I know. feel like people like who are willing to like kind of step outside their comfort zone a little bit, want something a little bit step out darker, moodier, a little bit more offbeat. I think you'll be yeah. pleased with this. It's yeah, um, totally. And it looks it looks really, really good, too. Who is the does. cinematographer? Isn't it a I don't know. Look him up. Yeah, Friedrich Elms, uh, Fantastic who's, job, uh, blue, who's David Lynch's frequent collaborator. He's done Eraserhead, oh. Blue Velvet. Uh, he's done Charlie Kaufman movies, Jim Jarmusch, Todd Solondz. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it all. So it looks it looks incredible. Um, beautiful looking movie. And the score yeah. from Michael Dana. Dana? Michael Dana? Yeah. Really, really good, too. Fantastic film. Well, that's it, Patrick. You want to tell people what movie we're talking about next month? Are we doing Metropolitan? We are. Vit still, which, you know, speaking of Chuds, have you seen his Twitter takes lately? Yes. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> why? I don't know. Give it up. People's... It's okay to change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, with new information. He's like obsessed with Woody Allen. Is that what you're talking about? The Woody Allen stuff? Or is he, what else is he doing? No, he, he said something else stupid lately. Uh... He's like one of the bigger defenders of Woody Allen. And we're talking about his movie. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Patrick's looking up something on Twitter about Whit Stillman. You know, fun fact about Whit Stillman, when Trisha and I first were courting, when I was courting Trisha, she, we were messaging on the app Bumble, and she said, do you like movies? And I said, I do. I go, do you like any, what directors do you like? And Trisha said, I like the director Whit Stillman. And I thought, I'm going to marry this woman. I like, amazing? I mean, the only Whit Stillman movie I've seen is Last Days of Disco, and I really like it. So I like all of his movies. I think he's uh, kind of says some stupid shit. Well, but then again, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Everyone's, everyone's a dumbass, and especially on Twitter. Myself yeah, included. We shouldn't really, we shouldn't really get to hear from these people. No. Uh, fantastic, Patrick. So yeah, so stay tuned well, for that. Stay tuned, Patrick. A delight to see you again. Great to see you, buddy. Good. Love hearing all these updates. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're doing well. Yes, you too. Um, if you want, if you want to follow our show, we're on Fart House Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Patrick on Twitter at Patrick R. Ma- uh, pa- yes, Patrick R. Mallon. He's at Letterboxd at PR Mallon. I am Casey Lee O'Brien on all services. Uh, yeah, that's us, baby. That's us, Daddy. Everybody enjoy the holiday season. This is a special time. Don't go outside during an ice storm. Mm-mm. Be careful. Uh, be careful out there. Um, Trisha's trying to infringe on the screen right now. I saw the shadow. She's <laughs> lur- she's always lurking. She's a lurker. Um, all right, Patrick. Well, that's us, baby. All right. We're the Cinephile Cuties. Signing off. Bye. Fuck us. Fuck us. Fuck us.